0: Thank you so much for joining the Faith Chapel podcast. Wherever you may be joining us from, we hope that you know that you are loved and that this message encourages you throughout your week. Hey, Faith Chapel family, Pastor Josiah here, and I'm so excited for today. Let's dive into the word as we continue in our promises series. Today, we're going to be talking about the promise of rest. And i believe that connected to this promise of rest is some other really really interesting things that's going to equip you in a radical way so let's check out some stuff here continuing in this story um, about all that god has promised us don't forget this one really really big piece it's about applying receiving and up and uh, activating the promises in your life that really makes a difference. Just because the promise is there, if you or I don't ever activate it, if we don't ever capture it, if we don't ever apply it to our life, it just becomes this void promise that's sitting there available but unused. So make sure you're applying all the promises we continue to talk about. Let's jump into the theme verse for this main promise. It's found in Matthew 11:28. Jesus says, come to me. Notice how he doesn't say, come follow me. He's saying, no, come to me. Like, I have this. This is in me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden that I give you is light. The main thing that I want you to catch from this is that this great promise is about coming to him for the rest. We take his yoke upon us, which has everything to do with perfect unity with Christ. Not so much about laboring together and working together. It's about unity. It's about a, a cohesiveness between us as sons and daughters getting close and near to the Father. And this kind of uh, trickles back to the whole John 15 thing. If you're familiar with John 15 about him, or we are the vine and he is the branches and and we just uh, yoke together, and, and, and I'm in him, and he's in me, and you're in us, and all together, we're like in this perfect unity. It really circles back to that thought. So much of what we're talking about is found in Christ. So your first feeling is the promise of rest is in him. It's in Jesus. The promise of rest is in Jesus. But not only that, it always car- It also carries with it some incredible, massive benefits beyond just rest. So let's take a look at what some of these are. We're going to venture into one of my favorite biblical stories. It's found in Mark chapter 4 and other places in scripture as well. But we're going to capitalize on it in Mark chapter 4. So if you want to turn there, or you can look at the screen, of course. Jesus had been teaching all these different parables to crowds of people. And then even his disciples. He's actually even on the boat. He's teaching the people that are on the shoreline. And then here's what happens. It's a familiar story. You probably know it. But let's get a quick refresher or read it for the first time if you've never heard it. It's in Mark 4.35. It says later that day after it grew dark, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. And after they had sent the crowd away, they shoved off from shore with him as he had been teaching from the boat. And there were other boats that sailed with them. Suddenly, as they were crossing the lake, a ferocious tempest arose with violent winds and waves that were crashing into the boat until it was all but swamped. But Jesus was calmly sleeping in the stern, resting on a cushion. So they shook him awake, saying, Teacher, don't you even care that we're about to die? Fully awake, he rebuked the storm and shouted to the sea, Hush! Calm down! All at once, the wind stopped howling and the water became perfectly calm. Then he turned to his disciples and he said to them, Catch this. Why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned to trust yet? Or he asked them, Where's your faith? Don't you have faith yet? But they were overwhelmed with fear and awe and said to one another, Who is this man that has such authority that even the wind and the waves obey him? This is one of the most profound biblical examples of true rest. Right there in the midst of an incredible storm, a storm that is so intense that experienced fishermen are freaking out on the boat, thinking that they're about to die. But not Jesus. He's asleep in the stern on a cushion, and he didn't even grow up on the water. But he's not worried about the storm like the fishermen are. He's just resting below deck. So what can we take away concerning rest, from this story, and by consequence, speak to some other elements of the story, such as authority, such as faith, fear, trust. You see, here's what I want you to catch. Jesus finds rest, not from his external circumstances, but from an internal reality. What's happening to you, I'm sorry, what's happening in you is what affects, affects the world Around you this is a huge deal and we have got to catch this it's what's happening in our lives that should be affecting the world around us what Jesus is doing on the inside is the greater dimension that influences what's happening in the world around him it didn't say that Jesus was at a really nice day spa and he had just gotten a really nice hour-long deep tissue massage, and he had some cucumbers on his eyes and some, some beautiful music playing with violins and stringed instruments in the background with nice oils burning, and he was totally at peace and at rest in the stern below. The external circumstances were violent. They were scary. They were freaking out the fishermen. It was intense. It was gnarly. It was something that was not a calming, sleeping environment, yet Jesus drew from an internal rest that he carried and from that was able to usher in peace to the tumultuous situation around him. This is how you speak to the storm from a place of rest. It's the revelation that what's in you is more potent than what's around you. You have to believe this. What's in you is more potent than what's around you. We, we often think the opposite. We're so influenced by what's happening in our world. Every time we turn on the news, we see another thing going on. That's another bad story. We're nervous. We're scared. We see all this stuff. And we don't pull from the reservoir of the inner well that is within us, that, that of Christ that lives on the inside of us. And so no internal influence hits the external circumstances. Peace and rest and faith and authority, it's all from an internal thing that you and I carry. See, Jesus knew this. When he, when he carried from, what he carried from a position of trust, rest, and authority, and faith and right standing with God would calm the winds, and it would calm the waves. He began to usher in peace to a tumultuous situation. He was not afraid. Fear had no place in him, even though he didn't grow up on the water. You see, here's the bottom line. If all that you have going on inside your life is turmoil, then all you're going to have as seeds to sow is seeds of turmoil. If you have peace, if you have rest, if you have relationship with God being cultivated on the inside of you, then you're going to have those type of seeds to sow into the situations that you and I face on a day-to-day basis. But if our internal world is is crumbling, if it's shaking, if it's falling apart, that's all we're going to be able to sow into the world around us. We've got to get to a place where what God is doing in our internal realm is so much more real than what's happening externally all around us. The, the, The rest that's inside of us is greater than the storms around us. Amen? Like, I hope you believe that. That has to be your reality. Jesus modeled it Restlessness is only going to beget more restlessness, but if I come from a place of internal rest, like Jesus, I could speak to storms around me and declare peace. That's what we as Christians bring to the table. All you have to be is a Christ follower. You have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling on the inside of you. You'll be able to walk in that very same thing. We as Christians, following Jesus' example, sow peace from a place of rest. So Jesus told the wind and the waves, he said, hush, calm down, or peace, be still. And the winds and the waves were at rest. But then what did did the disciples say uh, after they saw this happen? They said, who is this guy who has such authority? They They didn't just admire his rest. They admired the authority that he spoke to the winds and the waves. But the authority was a manifestation, was a representation of his at peace, his rest that he had in the stern of the ship because of daily communion with the Father. So what did Jesus say about authority in relation to us? Now, if you, if you fast forward in our storyline to the great commissioning found in Matthew 28, Jesus is saying, listen, all authority has been given to me. Go, therefore, he sends us out with the same authority that he was sent with. So here's the bottom line. You and I have that authority now. Whether or not we use that authority is up to you and me, but that's a message for another day. But we have the same authority. We've been sent, commissioned by God with that authority. Now here's the bottom line. We can have that authority, but if we don't, if we don't use what Jesus paid for, we're going to squander it. Here's the bottom line. The devil cannot take that authority from you. Now, you and I can fall into sin and we can make mistakes and we could could give a degree of authority back to the enemy, but we're always one prayer away, one prayer of repentance, one prayer of getting our heart right with Jesus. And when we do that, that authority is, is retracted right back to us again and we receive it again. We could always walk in that authority. So what the devil doesn't do is I don't think he comes after us to take out our authority. He comes to take out our rest. He tries to push you into greater things that we shouldn't even be focusing on. He makes our internal world tumultuous and shaking and crazy so that we're not at a place of rest and communion with the Father like we should be. Because it's out of that place we speak full of authority. I hope that helps you right there. That's helping me. So if we're walking how Jesus walked, we could, check this out, speak from a place of rest and authority in order to leverage peace concerning what is happening all around us. I want you to see all these key words that we're talking about. Rest in authority, leveraging peace concerning what is happening in the world around us. That's what Jesus did. He was resting in the stern from an internal world of rest that he has, not influenced by his external circumstances. And then from that place, he spoke with authority and peace fell on the storm. That's good. The enemy can't do anything to take back that authority. Don't forget, it's yours. You're one prayer away. Even if you feel like your heart's not in a good place with God and you're thinking, man, I don't feel very authoritative. I don't feel like I have that working in my life. It might be more of a rest issue than an authority issue. So you're one prayer away of saying, God, forgive me. Get my heart back with you. Change my mind. I welcome your Holy Spirit. Bring the conviction of the Holy Spirit upon me again. And when you pray those prayers, you're going to begin to enter into a place of rest in in your soul with God. And when that happens, watch how the authority will happen. You'll be able to quiet storms around you. Political storms, racial storms, financial storms, relational storms, physical storms. You'll have an authority that you are designed to walk in. You see, if we forfeit living from a place of internal rest, we'll always be spiritually seasick say it again. If we forfeit living from a place of internal rest, we'll always be spiritually seasick. We're always going to be on waves. We're always going to be in another storm. There's always another problem. There's another phone call that's going to come tomorrow. Another bad report. Rarely are we going to be just smooth sailing, but we have to have a place of internal rest in our relationship with God through daily devotion and intimacy with the Father that we could speak to the storms from a place of internal rest. And that will change the game. Now, let me be clear about something. One thing that we've certainly learned from COVID during this whole season and the pandemic we've been in these last several months is that just because we're home, even quarantined, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're at rest. Again, rest isn't necessarily due to external circumstances. Jesus can be in the middle of the storm and be completely at rest. You and I, we could be in the comfiest bed you've ever slept in with the best pillows and the silkiest sheets and we could be completely unrested. We could be completely restless. You see, Jesus modeled an internal rest, not the external circumstances. It's what's going on in your internal world. Why do you think that? the night before Jesus was crucified. He's at the Garden of Gethsemane. He's with his disciples. He doesn't, he doesn't think, oh my gosh, tomorrow is the day. They're going to beat me. They're going to scold me. They're going to they're hurt me. And I'm going to have to endure the gnarliest day of my entire life. But it's what I was born for. I need to get some sleep. I need my strength for tomorrow. That's not what he was thinking. He was thinking, if I'm going to make it through tomorrow, I need my internal world to be sharp. So what does he do? He goes to the garden and he spends time with the Father. He's praying. He must have been exhausted. But even the disciples couldn't even stay awake. They're falling asleep. And Jesus keeps returning to them like, man, why do you guys keep falling asleep on me? You can't even watch with me for one hour? You can't even pray for an hour? Come on now. You see, the tactics of the enemy that night wasn't to rob Jesus of his sleep. It was to create such a heavy stress on him that he's sweating blood that he would doubt going to the cross. He would abandon full obedience. That's the tactic of the enemy, to disrupt the internal world of Jesus. But it didn't work, did it? It did not work. Jesus was sweating blood, but he was drinking from an internal well of life long rest. A well abundantly filled due to constant intimacy with the Father. True peace, true love, true intimacy. True intimacy. Why do you think that when Judas shows up only a few minutes later, the sign that he tells the soldiers to know which one to arrest was that it would be the one that he would kiss? So Judas, check this out, Judas comes up and he gives the kiss of betrayal to Jesus. Judas's kiss to the naked eye looks like intimacy, but instead of it being intimacy, respect, and reverence, in reality, it was the mark of restlessness. It was the mark of fear and rejection and betrayal. It might've looked like intimacy to the naked eye, but it wasn't, it was exactly the opposite. And Jesus was walking in the opposite. He was engaging with the Father in the Garden of Gethsemane, building up his inner world, believing God, if there's another way, let it happen. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. This isn't too far from our reality, you know. I talk with people all the time. They come to church, they're serving in some capacity, they're lifting their hands during the songs, they're doing all of the emotions in church culture and they're going through everything. But when they leave the campus, their internal world is still in chaos. They've gone through all the motions. It looks like intimacy. It looks like they're, they're strong in their faith. But on the outside, everything looks great, just like Judas's kiss. But on the inside, their world is falling apart. Friends, our Christian faith is not about the external accoutrements to a church lifestyle. It's about an internal world so riddled with the love of God, so uh, overcome by the presence of the Holy Spirit and His grace and His mercy and His nearness that it transcends everything. Every other portion of our life. That is what really matters. It's our internal intimacy with him. So serve, yes, and serve from a place of devotion and a place of love, not hope to please. You don't need that. So you know what happens after Jesus gets to the other side? They cross over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. They finally get over there. After the storm is quieted, you know the first thing that happens, this is the story where he meets the demoniac at the Gadarenes. He's the guy that's chained up and no chains can hold him down. He's got a legion of demons on the inside of him. He comes and throws himself at the feet of Jesus and Jesus delivers this guy. He sets him completely free in a moment. It was like the whole reason they went to this region was just for this, this one guy. And then makes him an apostolic authority over the entire Decapolis, which was a region of 10 cities, which is phenomenal. But here's the point. Jesus walked in such a supernatural piece of authority, he didn't just do it with the winds and the waves. The greater purpose of walking in authority isn't to calm the storms of life, it's to calm the storms inside of people. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Calm the storm that was raging on the inside of this demonized guy before he gets set But that was the real purpose of why he was there was to set him free. You see, rest is the climate faith grows in. Faith and trust, hand in hand. Rest is the climate that faith or trust grows in. It's all connected. The authority to cast out demons is found in rest. It comes out of a peace of God. True internal rest overflows peace And the legion of demons in that man couldn't remain, nor could the spiritual attacks that are on you or me today, they cannot remain. It's found in Romans 16 verse 20. It is the God of peace who will soon crush Satan underneath our feet. It's the God of peace that crushes Satan. Isn't that so interesting? It's like talking about his peace that crushes the enemy. What is restful for us is violent to the powers of hell. This is the violent nature of trust, rest, authority, and peace. Now, I'm usually not clever enough to come up with acrostics and stuff, but trust, rest, authority, and peace is trap. You've got to trap the enemy. If you want to build a trap for the enemy, let it be out of trust, rest, authority, and peace that you walk in. Those are all these wonderful accoutrements that come as a secondary byproduct of being at rest with God. So cultivate that internal rest. It's found in relationship to the Father. It's found in devotion to him. It's found in intimacy. It's found in a deeper relationship with Jesus in seeking him first and foremost, knowing that as we seek him, everything else that we needed will be added to us. It's Saul being sanctioning the stoning of Stephen the first martyr in Acts chapter 7 and Stephen is there looking up at heaven and he sees Jesus at the right hand of the Father and he's so at rest internally that he literally like we don't falls asleep or goes into this vision as people are hurling rocks at him to kill him but there's such an internal rest that he's in I don't know if he felt every one of those stones that hit him maybe he did maybe he didn't what I do know is according to scripture, from what we can gather, it looks like he was at this internal rest that was so much greater than the external thing that was going on. I close with this thought. I want you to have this internal rest. You don't have to strive for it. You, you doesn't mean you just sit back and everything happens and you get a lemonade and sit in a hammock and you know wait for God to come home. That's not the rest we're talking about. It's cultivating an internal rest with the Father. It's devotion to Him. It's intimacy with Him. Some of us are so geared to work. We're so geared to do more, do more, do more. It's like being in a boat and having the paddles or the oars and you're just pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing as much as you can, as fast as you can. And I believe what the Lord is asking us to do is to put our oars down, our paddles down, and raise our sails and let us catch what He's blowing on. If the wind blows, you could sail around the world with your sails in the right place. And you don't have to strive again and again and again. You'll be able to quiet the storms all around you. You'll be able to walk in an internal rest that will not only quiet the physical storms, but it'll quiet the storms that are raging inside of your family, your friends, your co-workers, your city, your country. This is what we as Christians are designed to do. Cultivate a life of internal rest. Walking in faith, walking in trust, rest, authority, and peace. And letting that emanate from your life to the world around you. I want to pray for you to have that. God, I'm asking that you would help us to get so in union with you that we'll walk in an uncommon degree of rest. For it's only found in you. Trust, rest, authority, and peace. They would be markers of every Christian. God, help us to raise our sails. To not strive so much to appease you, God, with with our oars and our paddles and looking how how much we sweat. But that we would just raise our sails and catch what you're blowing on. To accomplish more by striving less in constant intimacy with you. Help us to put our efforts into the things that really matter. And if we're not in right standing with you today, God, I'm asking you would convict our hearts in these moments and that we would pray a prayer. I'm not going to lead you in that prayer today if you're listening to this, but if you know you need to get your heart right with God, just talk to him like you're talking to a friend and tell him you want him in your life. You're sorry for the things that you've done and you want to be changed from the inside out. You want this internal rest. God, release this over your people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you were incredibly blessed. We'll continue to be live streaming week after week. You can join us Sunday mornings live here at the campus, 830 and 1030. We'll see you next week. God bless you guys. Thanks again for joining us today. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like to further connect with us here at Faith Chapel, visit us online at faithchapelsd.com or any social media platform at faithchapelsd. See you real soon.